And just like that, we're back. I'm your host, Stevenson. This is the Those Who Wonder podcast. We're in the middle of the World Studies pod class. This is a class that I teach in high school. It's an honors level combo between social studies and English. We call it Global Veritas. And it's a new way to approach looking at the world rather than just the chronological, this happened, then this happened, then this happened. It's using themes and concepts the first one we did was culture i was in the middle of not in the middle i guess the beginning of liberty unit i'm about to give a one minute spiel like reintroducing this course so if you already know everything about this and you just want to get right into it just click that 30 second thing twice and we're good to go if not hear me out we're going to press pause on the liberty part and we're going to start industrialization and we're going to go through this entire unit then go to liberty then go to gender and identifiers, I guess. If this is your first time with us, when I say us, this is me. I'm a, I'm a teacher. My name's Sean Stevenson. I'm chilling in my studio where I make music and podcast. I figure if you're not in school, you're a grown adult, whatever, you want to learn about the world, you want to learn about some things, this is a class I teach. So I'm just going to put it out in a pod class. See what I did there? Um, if you're new, you can go all the way back to the beginning. If you don't feel like that, welcome. And if you've been listening, welcome back. I'm stoked to be doing this again. This is an enjoyable part of my life. I do it just for fun. Just sit by myself and talk for an hour. It's real. Okay. This unit is industrialization. And today is an introduction to the entire concept and what we're going to be doing. By a show of hands... Who had coffee this morning? And if you didn't, I don't know what to say to you. That I feel like that's bizarre in I don't know, like America and the world. And I feel like coffee is a major thing. Most people experience, and even if you don't drink coffee, you can still understand what I'm about to break down. Let's think about this. If you had coffee, and let's say you made the coffee this morning. We'll dive into Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, whatever it is, in a little bit. Bless your close your eyes, even though I don't really believe in that because I think it's awkward and weird, but just visualize you making coffee in the morning. What's the process? Let me break down mine. Coffee filter, put it in the coffee maker, fill the pot with water, pour the water into the coffee maker. Either you got pre-blended beans or you got beans that you need to blend. You do that, you take the scoops, you put it in there, you close the coffee maker, you push a button and bam, coffee. And then you drink it and you experience, if it's caffeinated, caffeine, you get some energy, maybe. Maybe you get the shakes because you didn't have breakfast and you're rushing out the door. Who knows, man? I don't know what your life is. For me, I'm in summer mode. I got to take my time. But I got the mug of coffee. I'm sipping on it. Ooh. I mean, like, honestly, what a great way to start the day. When I'm, in, when I'm teaching during the school year... I set the timer for 4.45, so when I come downstairs, like, it smells like coffee. Ugh, 
What a lovely way to start the day. And I do this every day. I have coffee every day, at least Monday through Friday. That's the routine of starting up at 4.45. I would like to take some time and break down what in the world is going on. Because honestly, the more you think about what you're experiencing on your daily, just a little step in the day, just to get things going, you don't put much thought into it. But when you really do, you might start to bug out. And it's going to ideally, and the point is, it's for you to start to change the way that you look at the world. So let me ask you a question. What are all the things that need to happen in order for you to take a sip of that coffee in the morning? Let's press rewind and think about what I did. I took the coffee filter, put it in the coffee maker. I filled the pot with water, poured it in the coffee maker. I took the beans, put it in the coffee maker, close it, press a button, it makes coffee. Like, where do I start? How about the water? I don't know about you. And again, this is like privilege on the global scale. But I walk to a sink and I turn a knob and then fresh H2O just pours out. Where did that come from? Because if you know history and like you really think about it. But prior to whatever we figured out where that happens, like you had to walk to go somewhere to like a well or something, fill up a bucket and then walk back. The walk could be five meters. The walk could be two miles. And people do still live like this. And that's something we're going to dive into. But think about this. Like I wake up. Well, I guess I did it the night before because I pre-make it. But I turn a little faucet and water pours out. Where did that come from? Like there isn't just a huge tub of clean water. There isn't a spring underneath my house that like a a straw just like sucks it up and like pours it into my pot. And it's clean. I know like I went to Mexico and they're like, don't drink the tap water. Okay, like the fact that they actually have it, the fact that we have that, like the you can get tap water as in like turn a little knob and water comes out and then that it's clean. Take time and think about that just throughout the day. What Walk over to your sink and turn the knob and just watch what happens and then think about how does that happen? That's one thing. Another, let's say coffee beans. I don't know about you, but I am not growing coffee beans in my backyard. I certainly did not like plant it, grow it, and harvest it. And it's like all natural, local coffee bean that like I picked by hand. What did I do? I drove to Aldi or Giant or whatever it is grocery store that you can fill in the blank and I bought it. So like... I'm not going to, we're going to dive deeper into this throughout this unit, but let's just take a moment. What questions should we ask? How did the coffee beans get there? Where did they come from? Who grew them? Who harvested them? What is required for when I go to Giant or Aldi that I see not only like just (laughs) beans, but a, an assortment 
of different types of beans, where they came from, the, either the whole bean or they're blended. There's half-calf, there's decaf, there's like French vanilla, there's all these different flavors. Like, and it, on a normal, I go grocery shopping usually, we go grocery shopping on like Sunday. Like, I'm not, you don't think about that. I walk to the grocery store and I drive to the grocery store. I walk in and everything's there and I grab what I want and I go home. But like, how did it get there? Where did it come from? It doesn't just, you don't just like press a button and then it, you know, like the simulation. Like you don't just press like one coffee bean and then like it just <laughs> poofs into existence. Those coffee beans came from somewhere. The container came from somewhere. And just to briefly dive into the, to the complexity. Where did it come from? Who were those people? How did they do it? How did it get to you? That requires a whole bunch of oil, most likely. The implications of oil. Oy vey. Okay, so step one. Pour water into the coffee pot. Cool. I got to put the coffee filter into the coffee pot. Where did that come from? I certainly didn't make it. Same questions with the coffee beans. Who made it? How did it get there? I pour the water. Put in the coffee beans. I shut the coffee maker again. How did the coffee maker get to me? What's it made of? It's made of plastic. What is plastic? Where does plastic even come from? And then how do they take this plastic? I put that in quotations, even though it's literally called plastic, I guess, because we call it that. But like that, that didn't just, you don't just press a button and like plastic, like it came from the earth. And it like there aren't coffee makers growing from trees. It there is a process to make the coffee maker. I need to make sure, and this is going to be a nice little segue into the next thing, that the coffee maker is plugged in, which implies what? Electricity. So the coffee maker is made of a bunch of stuff, raw materials that have been manufactured, and we're gonna like dive into this terminology. This is just an intro. Just trying to we're dipping our toes into this new unit i plug it in there is now a surge of electricity i'll put that in quotations like what is that <laughs> and then it just like starts making that bubbling noises and then i smell coffee i'm like oh nice one what's going on in the coffee maker that like a surge of electricity and then it works two where does that electricity come from? Because the same thing with the water, like I don't have a natural spring going right below my house. Like I don't have just a, I don't even know what, like <laughs> I, I'm not harvesting lightning strikes. And I got this like huge antenna outside of my house that every time lightning hits it, luckily I like harness that energy, that electricity. And I just like have a ball of like a lightning. I'm just envisioning like this huge lightning bulb, almost like a sun just sitting below my house. And I'm like, Okay, I'm going to need a little bit of that. Just like suck some out so that coffee maker works. Like, how does that get to me? This. There's a good analogy. I think Dr. Jordan Peterson said it. And I, I'm pretty sure he's he said, like, think of a car. You don't really realize the complexity behind a car until the car isn't working. Like the car is a singular thing. It's a car. 
until the car isn't working and then the car is made up of tens of thousands of different pieces. Do you get what I mean by that and what he meant by that? Because I didn't come up with that analogy. I came up with a coffee analogy. I don't bat an eye when I walk downstairs and I turn on the kitchen light and then the lights turn on and I don't bat an eye when I walk downstairs and coffee is already being made. But the more you think about this, it's it, it like hurts your brain because it's beyond comprehension in my mind. It's so complex because all I described was walking down the stairs, turning on a light and there's coffee. First off, an alarm went off for me to wake up. That's electricity. That's a phone. I like, we'll dive into the phone and not like, what are phones doing to the youth? But like, if you look at the list of things that go into an iPhone or a smartphone, it's bonkers. And the fact that it works is bonkers and it's connected to Wi-Fi, which is bonkers. And the internet is bonkers. The alarm goes off. It's the complexity of society, a functioning, developed society or civilization is absurd, like truly absurd. So homework, when you make coffee, think about every single step that's happening and think about the origins of each thing. And so like the origins of water, when I turn the little knob and water comes out, the origin isn't turning the knob where does that water come from how did it get to me how is it clean and then to get even more complex let's say <laughs> i drink the coffee what happens one and i am going to be talking about poop and pee here probably going to make me have to poop because that's just what coffee does or pee so like the water is going through me and i'm releasing it off like where does that go Have I gone too far? Are you still with me? This is just a general introduction to the entire unit. We're going to like spend a lot of time breaking down. Let's think about this again. Raw materials, them being manufactured. How did they, where did they come from? How are they harvested? Who's doing it? How much are those people being paid? What's this trade and currency? So like someone in Colombia who grows coffee beans on this little farm that I'm never going to meet, they grow it and then they give it to someone. There's an exchange. That person probably takes it, exchanges it with someone else who then exchanges it to giant who then I exchange with and I go home and I drink the coffee. Water, beans, plastic, glass, Cables, wiring, I don't know, because the coffee maker's got to work. Electricity. You don't think about the complexity until it doesn't work. You're like a oh, stupid thing. And then you like smack it and you're like, oh, this coffee maker's broke. And you just throw it out. And then you buy a new one on Amazon. And within two days, it's there. You're like, nice. This one also makes espressos. <laughs> and here's a question. Where does that old coffee maker go? Because it doesn't just poof into existence or out of existence. Plastic takes hundreds of years to decompose. Where is it going? 
Which is an excellent segue, thank you self, into the next thing. Because you are one person. One person who makes coffee. Let's say, let backtrack. Let's say you don't make coffee because for some reason you want to go to Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks and I am slightly passing judgment. I can understand like a little treat every once in a while, but when it's like a daily thing, I don't get that. That just costs a lot of money. And then like when I'm driving by Dunkin' Donuts in the morning, there's like this long line. It's like, why not just make it yourself? Anywho, Dunkin' Donuts, let's say, or Starbucks or a gas station or McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or like what Wawa Sheets. This is the Pennsylvania, New Jersey and coming out of me and also saying water. Let's acknowledge that just so we can get that out of the way. My student, it's like, I'm ranting, but I'll be like three months in with a class and I'll say water and they'll still be like, what, water? Like, this is my culture. You will not shame me. You will try. I will not change for you. Okay, back. How many locations are serving coffee? How did the coffee get there? How is it that, like, think about this situation. I'll pick Sheets because I'm in South Central PA. If I go to Sheets and they're like, oh, we're out of coffee. Like, what do you mean you're out of coffee? How are you out of coffee? (laughs) But like, the fact that the coffee's there and I'm annoyed if it's not is unbelievable. It is truly unbelievable. It's the car. It's like you don't really recognize the complexity until it's not working. Y'all drive down the highway. You see huge semi-trucks or 18-wheelers. What is, like, what do you call them? I feel like, I don't know, is that a cultural thing? Kind of like the Coke, soda, pop? Like 18-wheelers, semis? I don't know. 18-wheelers, you see them driving down the highway and you get annoyed at them because like they're probably the route to all traffic. What's in those things? It's your coffee or whatever else you're consuming. So I said, rewind. We're back at that spot. You and your consumption. What do you interact with and consume? And consuming isn't just eating food. That I open up a fridge and things are cold. I'm like, yes, very nice. And I grab some grapes or milk or anything that like, it could be clothes. It could be electricity, like energy. Anything that you use is consumption. So like I'm a consumer for this keyboard in front of me which is made of stuff so you as a user or as a person living in a developed country consume things that's one of you i talked about poop and pee before i'm gonna bring that back up to prove a point by a show of hands Who has flushed a toilet today? Me too. It could be like your first thing. I'm not that regular. I guess I pee in the morning. We we all do it. 
the alternative which we can dive deeper into is like i go outside and pee or if i have to poop dig a hole but if you're in a developed nation let's say you have a functioning plumbing system There are 331,449,281 people in the United States. I Googled that on, what is it, like June 27th, 2021. It's going to change tomorrow. It's going up. I know that. So 331,500,000 people in this country that we know of let's say just for the sake of like things being easy there are 300 million potty trained people in the united states as in 300 million people who use a toilet so like not diapers have access to a toilet 300 million right how many times do you think a average an average American flushes the toilet per day. We're going poop and pee here. And we're not going with the if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down philosophy, which we may realize at the end, like mm, there might be something to that. My thing is probably five times a day, especially like if you're like health conscious and you're drinking a lot of water, which also like where's that water coming from? Um, let's say... The average person flushes five times a day. If you disagree with that number, you're like, no way, it's four. Like, relax. You can do the math. We're about to do some math here. So you do your own mental math. I'll do my own mental math with my figures. 300 million potty trained people in the United States. Each individual flushes the toilet five times a day. So how many times are toilets flushed in the United States every day. What do you need to do? 300 million people times five because it's five flushes. So we are at 1.5 billion flushes a day. A toilet is flushed 1.5 billion times every single day. I have a difficult time even like this is the issue is when the number starts to get so big and we're going to see this because it's going to get bigger. It's difficult to even comprehend that. So I'm just going to say these numbers and then what would be very nice is if I had like those visuals, you know, like <laughs> uh, I some chart or graph that like shows you how big that number. like have you seen the rice thing? Like each piece of rice is a hundred. I think it was a hundred thousand dollars. And then they show like how much Jeffrey Jeff Bezos has, and it's a colossal amount of rice. And even then, it's like it's just difficult to comprehend. Anywho, 1.5 billion times toilets are flushed. Now, one flush, I get the next question is okay, well, how many gallon, how much water is used per flush? I looked it up. <laughs> uh, we're going to go with 1.5 just to keep math easy because like I'm not trying to struggle here I'm just trying to make a point 
So every single time a toilet is flushed, that's one and a half gallons. So think about your gallon of milk, yeah? One and a half of those with water per flush. So that's 1.5 billion flushes a day times, each flush is 1.5, so 1.5 billion times 1.5 gallons is 2,225,000,000 gallons per day of water. So 2.25 billion gallons of water a day is required for the United States to poop and pee. Because the alternative is septic. Well, no, it's not even septic. It's septic. You're still flushing. That the that's the question of like where does the poop go, which we'll dive into. It's pooping in a hole, or another option, which like if you don't know, back in the day they would just poop in pots and then just toss it out the window, and there was just like poop all in the streets of cities, like. You don't think about what happens to your poop after you flush it, but like it goes somewhere. So 2.25 billion gallons of water a day is required for the United States to not poop in a hole. Times seven for seven days a week, 15.75 billion gallons of water per week. The issue is, is you can't really understand that amount like an olympic sized swimming pool i'll look up right now how many gallons of water in an olympic pool is 660,000 gallons i you know like how do you comprehend that size? And that just further proves my point that the complexity behind this is unfathomable. Unfathomable? Unfa I shouldn't even say words I can't even pronounce. It's difficult to comprehend. One of my weaknesses and definitely not my strengths, like I, I feel like I'm good at speaking, but I all like you can ask Kendra, my wife, I always get like sayings wrong. Or like I always use the wrong word. Uh, like it's a word that's like kind of right. I use a word that like sounds like the word I'm trying to use. Um, or I just use the completely wrong word. Anywho, it's it's nearly impossible to comprehend how much water is required for people in the United States to poop and pee now two avenues we can go uh there's seven billion people on this planet not everyone has access to toilets which we will dive into developed nations or nations that are more developed are more likely to have a functioning system where you can go to a toilet and flush it but like as we progress in history in humanity like most people i would think have access to a toilet now the number is probably not as frequent and people don't have access to toilets so i like when i say there's 331 million people in the united states i say 300 million people have access i like i had to you can't say everyone in the united states has access to a toilet same as the world but 
that whole 2.25 billion gallons per day is just the United States. You got Europe. You got South America. You got Africa. You got Asia. And you got Australia. Are there toilets on Antarctica? Probably. Where is that water coming from? And like when I flush a toilet, it's clear, clean for the, I guess, water that's coming into the toilet. Like I would be like, eh, if it was brown, like, no, that's disgusting. <laughs> like, even though I'm going to poop and pee in it, I'm like, that's not clean enough. Where is that coming from? The other avenue is that's just toilets. I'm not going to do the math. You can do the math if you want. Let's say 315 million people shower in the United States every day. Showers or baths. What, what do you think the average shower time is for an American? To say five minutes would be like, that's not realistic. 10 minutes ladies I know you gotta shave your legs cause cultural standards guys you might be shaving your legs they might be shaving your legs we'll get into that in the gender I understand showers take longer for some people and some people just like to stand in a shower which also it's hot and you're like I like people like I could never take a cold shower got to be burning my skin and I just stand there it feels good so 315 million Americans let's say shower an average of once a day and let's say they an average is 10 minutes each person well the average is 10 minutes I looked it up 2.6 gallons of water per minute we are like we're getting my brain already hurts, but like I know I'm not going to do this math because I just have the numbers. You can do the math if you want. That's a lot of water. And we like it when it's warm and or hot. Maybe some people start warm and then get a little hotter. Maybe you just start just blazing. Who knows? Uh, dishwashers. Washing machines. Gardening. I'm not even going to break down agriculture. That is so much H2O. And here's... Uh, there's a few points in this. Because I knew I was about to say, here's the point, and then I'll give like five points. Here's a point. You are one person, and you go throughout your day doing your thing, yeah? You consume resources, whether it be clothes or whether it be water, or food, or energy, gasoline, whatever. You are one person. So is everyone else. It's like the analogy I said before of like, when one person's walking down the street and they got a water bottle and they're done with it. And they're like, man, just like throw it on the ground. All right. 
Like that's a water bottle. But when 330 million people are like, eh, and they throw it on the ground, that's now a pile of 330 billion, 330 million bottles of water. So whatever you consume, multiply it by at least the United States. And we're going to learn as we dive deeper that the United States is um, standard of living, we'll call it. And our consumption is higher than pretty much everyone in kind of across the board. But you don't think about it. Why? Because it's normal. It's a cultural norm for me to wake up, walk downstairs, there's coffee, there's food in the fridge, there's gasoline in my car, the electricity's working. Now, like I understand there's marginalized people even in the United States that like do not have all that. So if you're getting a little heated, you're like, wait a second. Like, I, I get it. And ideally, everyone can have access to, everyone should have access to clean water and electricity and the ability to eat food. But if you're listening to this and you're not someone who's struggling and like, America does have a higher standard of living. So more people are like above that line. And when we look at the world, like that line is like the uh, average standard of living. There are people who are really without a lot of things that you would be like, well, that's just a random Tuesday for me. Like having to walk two miles down a mountain to get a, what was it, a four-gallon thing filled with water that like cattle is drinking out of and it's brown and then walk two miles back up a mountain. But you are you and you consume what you consume and so does everyone else around you and that number adds up. So what are the things we're going to be diving into First is going to be history. Da, 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 da. Essentially, like, okay, if we want to look at industrialization, like, what is it? I guess is the first, first thing. Briefly introduce it. In order to better understand it, it's like examples versus non examples. What does, in order to better understand what industrialization looks like, we'll look at, well, what did it not look like? for most humans up to a certain point and then how did this whole industrialization thing really rev up where are we at now and when we're looking at where we're at now is essentially like what is required for the car to function what are all the different parts of the car and if you're not following me here the car represents a functioning society what does it take for that to function? And there are implications to everything we're going to be looking at. Like the coffee beans is like, well, where did they come from? How did they get here? Because like, let's think about this. Coffee beans. Every grocery store you go to, there's coffee beans. I probably, at least like where I'm at, I'm sorry if you are in the Midwest or you're in the middle of like a rural place, like 20 minutes, I'll say, 
I can access a grocery store. Like from most points I'm at. That's a lot of grocery stores that all have coffee beans. That's a lot of oil <laughs> that delivered the coffee beans everywhere. I guess at least, is that the energy that we're using? Is that the energy we should be using? That, like, so we're going to be talking about going green and then like the pros and cons of that because apparently solar panels are just not that great. Like I saw, I saw a commercial, I forget what the car was, but they were like, I can make a difference while I'm asleep. And it showed like the car plugged in. And in my mind, I was like, well, where's that electricity coming from? Like, is that coal powered? That's not great. It doesn't do much. I might even make it worse. I don't know. How do we, how do we get that energy to function society? And like, what is energy? There's electricity, oil, diesel, gasoline. Um, let's say other things we're gonna be looking at. I go to Walmart. <gasps> And I see a bunch of shirts and they're cheap. I'm like, nice. I buy the shirt. Well, what's the shirt made of? And then who made the shirt? And how much are they getting paid? What's their life like? Like, you don't think about this. But by the time you buy a shirt and put it on, a lot of hands have touched that shirt to make it. And machines, I guess. But hands controlling the machines... And like, who are they? Go back to the big three. Like one of the, the first three episodes I released and Sonder, like those people are real. Those people actually exist. They're not like, they're in your mind because you, we can't comprehend the complexity. Like, you're like, oh yeah, like someone made this, but like that person is real. That person might be sleeping right now. That person might be awake right now. That person could be eating food. But like that person somewhere on this planet is also existing. What is their experience like? We're going to dive into uh, the complexity of sweatshops. Because at first you're like, no, sweatshops are bad. But like let's boycott sweat products. They use sweatshops and it's like, well, you just put all those people out of a job and they're, they want, they want to get paid more, but they also want a job. This industrialization unit is very big. I'm not going to try to spend like a half a year on it. I'm going to, here's, here's the goal. And it's the same thing with the goal for this entire class. I want to teach like concept and a way to think about something rather than like teach you everything. So you can just have a general like lens to look at blank. And in this case, it's essentially gonna be consumption and like our standard of living and thinking about like, okay, what is this? Where did it come from? Who made it? What was their experience like? Um, once that, what are the implications of me consuming this? And then the next question is, where does this go when I'm done with it? Like I throw it out. It's like, all right, it's gone out of sight, out of mind. Like I just took the trash out. That trash doesn't cease to exist. Where does it go? So this is going to be a mixture of machines 
and environment. That's it, folks. That's pretty much the unit. We are going to start with history after we talk about industrialization. We're going to do consumption, energy, HDI. What are the implications of that? Why is it what it is? If you don't know what it is, stay tuned. Uh, raw materials and manufactured goods, trade, sweatshops. And the reason why I decided to pause on Liberty and then go to industrialization and we're going to pick Liberty back up when I'm done with industrialization is that I think, well, I know industrialization impacts Liberty and your freedom to think, choose and act. So that's why. And like I taught this class while I was not podcasting to humans and like fine-tune some things and recognize like okay this order and i'm pretty sure last year when i taught it like that was the order it was culture industrialization liberty and gender i mixed it up when doing this pod class i've made a mistake and i'm fixing it and like if you really don't like it go away so i will be releasing a weekly pod class breaking down the, industrializ the industrialization lens and perspective. So last thing, this is the, like the vibe. This is the philosophy behind it. You got the globe and you look at the globe with different lenses. The first one we did was culture. And that was essentially when I'm looking at the planet, thinking about people. What are people? How are they different? That's culture. So, and I pick a place, I like spin the globe, put my finger on it. Like, okay, cool. People. What do they believe? What's normal to them? What do they value? Taboo, all that stuff. That was the culture unit. If that interests you, check that one out. It's in the library. Now we're doing industrialization. So I spin the globe. And this is also going to be scale. Global perspective of industrialization, its impact, and then I pick an area and like, how developed are these people? Where are they at in the industrialization timeline or journey? And how are they being impacted by your decisions? Because when we dive into imperialism, we're pretty much going to see that Europe and America screwed over a lot of people and they're still recovering. All right, I'll see y'all next week. You do have homework. And that homework is to think. When you get a mug of coffee and you sip on that sweet nectar, think, reflect what is required for that to get to me. And then recognize and acknowledge how much you don't know. Like when that, the question of like, all right, the electricity, how does that get to you? Try, try to figure that out, like in your own brain, just like logically, like, all right, well, <laughs> what is electricity and uh, how do they harness it and how do they get it? To, like, try to figure that out. Brain game. Same thing for when you flush the toilet. Count it. That's one and a half gallons. Where'd that come from? All right. I'll see you next week. Peace. History.